Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to Branching Out, an upbeat, friend-building, Christian-uniting ministry. We discuss topics concerning our faith, review Christian news, do a devotional, and offer prayers and praise that you share with us. Never be alone. Join us. You can reach us at our website, branchliving.com, or you can reach us through Facebook at Branch Living, and there we have an international community and it would be a privilege to have you join us. There you can comment, post photos, prayer requests, praise reports, so join us on Facebook at Branch Living. You can also email your prayer requests and praise reports to me at lisa at branchliving.com. We podcast twice each week. The heart of this podcast is our Branch Living message. We chat about issues in our lives and then we move to Christian news, views, events, interesting happenings in today's Christian family. We have a brief devotion written by one of the Christian greats, and right now we are reading Spurgeon. We end with your comments, your prayers, and praise, so join us and spread the word. We would love to hear from you. And with that, let us join the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time you set apart for us to be able to gather and hear your word and your message. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this season of Pentecost where we are called upon to use our gifts to your glory and to bring people to know you. So, Father, we ask you to use us in that manner and to show us the part that we play. We pray this in your special name. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about a little bit of an unusual subject. Uh, And the subject is mindfulness and meditation, because I just keep reading so much about mindfulness. And so I really wanted to explore it from a Christian perspective. And I do have people ask me from time to time uh, whether or not Christians should meditate and if mindfulness is something that is appropriate for uh, Christians. And so I did want to kind of explore that topic today. And so we hear a lot about mindfulness and meditation these days. And as Christians, we often are perplexed about what these practices are, whether or not we should try them, and what, if anything, might be a better course for us as believers. According to Psychology Today, mindfulness is a state of active, open attention to the present. This state is described as observing one's thoughts and feelings without judging them as good or bad. Those who practice mindfulness describe it as a means of clearing their heads from the noise of daily living. One of the major contributors to the adoption of mindfulness techniques in the United States is John Kabat-Zinn. He developed a program called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, also known as MBSR, to reduce stress and to enhance mental health. According to mbsrtraining.com, MBSR training includes awareness of the body sensations, internal mental states, thoughts, emotions, impulses, and memories. This reduces stress and anxiety and increases well-being. Again, the key is awareness without judging. Mindfulness is one of many forms of meditation. Most forms of meditation, according to Mayo Clinic, have in common a quiet setting, a comfortable position, 
focused attention, and an open attitude. Some, such as Jade Wu, who's a PhD, distinguish between med- mindfulness and meditation. Dr. Wu noted, meditation is an activity. It is something you do. Mindfulness, however, is more of a philosophy than an activity. It is an ideal to simply be here now without judgment. She notes that you can wash your car or you can have a snack in a mindful way, being present in the moment. And that comes from psychologytoday.com. As Christians, we, are, we always need to examine practices in light of biblical principles. There is nothing inherently wrong with either mindfulness or meditation. What should concern us is what takes place within each practice. According to Focus on the Family, FOF as it's known, uh, Christians are often skeptical about these practices because of their Eastern origins. Those who are skeptical note that these practices can lead to an unhealthy degree of self-focus and I should say that this skepticism is also shared in the, circular, in the secular circles as well. A lot of these secular writers will say um, that they are a bit concerned that mindfulness supports uh, narcissism, that people become even more absorbed in themselves. Uh, support of, of a one with the cosmos worldview, so this is, these are things that concern Christians, an emptying of the mind, which then can open a person to demonic influences, or encouraging an escape from reality. The broader concern is summed up nicely by Focus of the Family, and I quote, Secular mindfulness is horizontal. In other words, you pay attention only to yourself. However, that approach contradicts Scripture's teaching to have the mind of Christ and to evaluate everything in light of our vertical relationship with God and Jesus. Secular critics point out the fact that there are few scientifically based or verifiable studies on the benefits of mindfulness. Others note that it does not get to the end product that is needed. Dr. Jason Lindner, who is a practicing therapist, notes that mindfulness should ultimately be about, and I quote, caring for others, perceiving the way things are accurately, and getting better at feeling instead of the goal of individual feeling better. So again, he thinks that the goal really should be getting better at feeling instead of a goal of individually feeling better. And he wrote this in Psychology Today. So all of this said, there are many Christian counselors who do use mindfulness as a tool in therapy. The key to doing this is to do it in a Christ-centered way. So how is this done? Well, Focus on the Family offers several keys to keeping a Christian focus while practicing mindfulness or meditation. And so here are the six ways that they say that you should keep that focus. The first one is to focus on God-honoring thoughts. So while you are practicing mindfulness, instead of just thinking about yourself, they think that you should think of God and think of God-honoring thoughts. A second way is to use prayer to apply mindfulness to daily living. 
So again, while you are in prayer, you are thinking deeply and you're kind of shutting everything up. But what you're doing is you're actually applying prayer and that mindfulness to daily living. Another way is to meditate on God's word and to use it to renew your mind. So you don't just empty your mind and not judge your thoughts. You actually focus on God's word and you use his word to renew your mind. Look at Jesus and think about true and admirable things, which of course Jesus contains all of those things, empathy, grace, hospitality, um, love, kindness. And so you look at Jesus and you think about what is true and admirable about him. Um, and then, he, then they emphasize, don't be distracted by worry about the future. So that is something important with mindfulness, is that so often we worry and that we need to calm our thoughts and to not worry about the future. And then take every thought captive. So really study your thinking, think about your thinking, think if it's in line with God's thinking and hold your thoughts captive. The Apostle Paul says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ. And this is from Colossians 3, 1 through 4 in the NIV. And I just love that. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And that should be on our minds at all times. So as Christians, we should meditate on this reality. It is the new life in Christ, fully lived and experienced, that truly brings us peace. Amen. Um, I'm going to turn now to a story that I got. Again, I got it in the Epic Times, and they have so many good stories in there about uh, interesting everyday people and interesting happenings that um, really inspire. So this one the headline is A Job, A Fresh Start, and Hope. A Texas Community Pulls Through for a Man Who Was Homeless for Four Years. A Texas community came through for a homeless man in need after social media posts shared his story. Kenneth Smith went from sitting outside an Outback Steakhouse to bussing tables for the same restaurant, but more importantly, he found hope, and it all started with a gift card. A concerned customer saw Smith dozing in a chair outside the eatery and approached him and asked if he was okay. Smith admitted he wasn't. I've been homeless for a good four years, he later told NBC. He'd been left wondering, how am I going to get a meal? Who am I going to turn to? Who can I ask? The sympathetic customer handed him a $100 gift card to the restaurant, thus swapping his chair outside for a booth inside. Smith got, a cha got chatting with the venue's partner, Laura Hodges, a mother of three who was moved by his story. She said she did not want him to go hun hungry. Hodges gave him continued sustenance for close to five months until he got an idea and asked Hodges for a job. When one became available, 
she did not hesitate. Since early March, Smith has been bussing tables six days a week. It's a chance, he said, to change his life for the better. This is a whole new beginning that God has blessed me with, he told ABC. I, so I am trying to get on this right and good track that he wants me to stay on. Knowing Smith's need to be still greater, knowing Smith's need to be still greater, Hodges took to social media and posted on the Fort Worth Foodies Facebook page, querying about affordable lodging. I've recently employed a homeless gentleman, she posted. He is wonderful. He works hard. He is just trying to get a fresh start. Netizens responded and surpassed her expectations, donating cash, a bicycle, and clothes for Smith. They even paid for six weeks at an extended stay hotel close to the steakhouse, along with groceries and kitchen supplies. All they wanted to do was throw assistance out there and resources in any way they possibly could, Hodges said. I am blown away with the generosity of people. It is absolutely amazing. Smith's new job has since sparked a dream. He hopes to run his own food service one day. But for now, though, he is saving for a car and eventually a home. I sometimes walk out those doors and I glance at the chairs, said Smith. I am like, man, I used to sit in those chairs. God is good. If he can do this for me, he can do this for anyone else. And what a great story that is about redemption, about renewal, you know, about people coming and having humanity and giving good gifts, giving a job, giving a gift card. We just never know where those gifts are going to lead. And so we need to be very, very generous in our giving. I'm going to conclude today with a story that kind of fits into this from Spurgeon. And our scripture passage is Deuteronomy and it is uh, 138. And the verse is very short. It is encourage him. God employs his people to encourage one another. He did not say to an angel, Gabriel, my servant Joshua is about to lead my people to Canaan. Go encourage him. God never works needless miracles. If his purposes can be accomplished by ordinary means, he will not use miraculous agency. And we sure saw that in the story we just read about the homeless man. He didn't use miraculous agency. He used his own people. Gabriel would not have been half so well fitted for the work as Moses. A brother's sympathy is more precious than an angel's embassy. And I'm going to repeat that. A brother's sympathy is more precious than an angel's embassy. The angel, swift of wing, had better known the master's bidding than the people's temper. An angel had never experienced the hardness of the road, nor seen the fiery serpents, nor had he led the stiff-necked multitude into the wilderness as Moses had done. We should be glad that God usually works for man by man. It forms a bond of brotherhood, and being mutually dependent on one another, we are fused more completely into one family. Brethren, take the text as God's message to you. Labor to help others and especially strive to encourage them. 
talked cheerily to the young and anxious inquirer, lovingly tried to remove stumbling blocks out of his way. When you find a spark of grace in the heart, kneel down and blow it into a flame. Leave the younger believer to discover the roughness of the road by degrees, but tell him of the strength which dwells in God, of the sureness of the promise, and of the charms of communion with Christ. Aim to comfort the sorrowful and to animate the desponding. Speak a word in season to him that is weary and encourage those who are fearful to go on their way with gladness. God encourages you by his promises. Christ encourages you as he points to heaven he has won for you. And the Spirit encourages you as he works in you to will and to do his will of pleasure, do his own will and pleasure. Imitate divine wisdom, encourage others according to the word of this evening, which is from Deuteronomy 1, 38, encourage him. And what a great scripture that is after the story of this homeless man who just needed encouragement. And really, when you look at the gifts that he received, a gift card, a job, um, these are things that you don't, it doesn't take a millionaire to uh, bestow these things. It just takes common goodness and good people reaching out in God's love, trying to make a difference in other people's lives. So amen to that. Uh, so I again want to remind you that we are doing our Bible study by podcast. And so we will do that once a week. We are in John 11 right now in the story of the raising of Lazarus. So you are welcome to listen to that podcast and to uh, email me any questions, concerns, thoughts that you have along with your prayers and praise reports. And um, so that's at lisa at branchliving.com. Again, that's lisa at branchliving.com. And so um, today I just want to lift up the prayers again. As you know, I participate in a Bible study. um, And in that Bible study, there are a number of people who are praying for their children who are young adults and who are um, doing things that are not leading to their good lives and their good health. Um, One person is in jail for armed robbery. Another has disappeared from the family. And so um, there are these young adults who were uh, definitely troubled before the pandemic, but um, certainly the pandemic has escalated their behaviors and have left um, the family just wondering what to do in these situations. So let's pray for these families. Let's pray for these young adults um, that Christ will be brought to them, represented to them, and that they will come to know him and thus turn their lives around. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your message today about encouragement. We hear in the life of this homeless man the need for encouragement, and we hear within all of these prayer requests the need for these youngsters to have revival and to have around them people who are encouraging them in their lives and in building good lives and solid faith. Uh, We look at Christian mindfulness and meditation and we realize that we need to really focus on you and your word and your goodness as we go about trying to impact this world. And we need to fill our own minds and our own souls with your word so that we can make a difference in this world by speaking your word to those in need. 
We pray this in your precious name, Father. Bless these individuals. Bring them around. Amen. So it's been fun talking with you again today and sharing this news with you. Again, um, I relish your comments. So Lisa, L-I-S-A at branchliving.com. And until we talk again, stay close to God, stay in touch. And I will chat with you again soon.